If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Pastor Xavier Reese and the Simple Truth. A.W. Tozer said, We are not forced to obey in the Christian life, but we are forced to make a choice at many points in our spiritual maturity. I am old-fashioned about God's Word and its authority, he says. That if we ignore it, we jeopardize our souls and earn for ourselves severe judgment to come. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We learn from an early age that there's no such thing as a dumb question. And as a matter of fact, there's much we learn in the Gospels about the teachings of Jesus simply by His answers to the questions He was asked, and in particular, questions of the apostles themselves. And coming up in today's Simple Truths character study of Labius Thaddeus, Pastor Xavier reminds us not to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge God. Let's listen. The tenth apostle, according to Matthew's list here in Matthew 10, 3, is Labius Thaddeus, who, like James, the son of Alphaeus, which we looked at last time, has very little recorded about him. He was called first Labius. Here we have it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 3. The name comes from the word Leb in the Hebrew, which means heart. It could mean beloved child of one's heart. It could also mean large-hearted and courageous. From his name, it appears that he was a man of character and determination. Persistent in his conviction and purposes, persevering in times of difficulty and danger. He was one of the twelve. But notice, secondly, that he was surnamed Thaddeus, Matthew tells us. It's also recorded in Mark 3.18. Thaddeus comes from the word that means breast, perhaps indicating the breast of a woman The surname could refer to the fact that he was the youngest of the family, the breast child. He was a baby of the family. The name was probably a nickname, communicating warm affection and love endearment. Now, the name Judas is most likely his proper name with two accompanying nicknames which he was known by. To the community, he was known as Judas. To his friends, he was a courageous man. To his family, he was the youngest or the baby of the family. The apostle is not to be confused with Judas Iscariot. Okay? Different people. In fact, John goes out of his way to distinguish him by the statement in John 14, 22, Judas, not Iscariot. So he'd not be confused with him. Judas, the son of James, Labius Thaddeus, or the son of Judas, uh, Labius Thaddeus was a faithful apostle. Judas Iscariot was an unfaithful apostle, the one who betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Notice, secondly, the person of Judas Labius Thaddeus. Uh, First of all, Labius Thaddeus 
was one of the 12 apostles. We began with the listing there in Matthew. But as you know, he was chosen after an entire night in prayer. Luke 6, 12, and 13 tells us that. And he is distinct from the 70 that were sent out by Jesus. Once again, he's among the 12. He is in the third group of four. The first group of four were the most intimate in fellowship with the Lord Jesus, as we have noticed and studied. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. The second group of four were less intimate in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Philip, Bartholomew, Nathaniel, Thomas, and Matthew. The third group of four were the least intimate in fellowship with the Lord Jesus. James, the son of Alphaeus, Labius Thaddeus, surname and his proper name Judas, Simon the Canaanite, and last of all, Judas Iscariot. The place that the Lord Jesus has appointed you to is the most critical in nature for the development of your own spiritual well-being and the rest of the body. Understand that. You have at least one gift, 1 Peter 4, 10 says, that you are to operate in the body of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about talents. I'm not talking about abilities of singing or playing an instrument or carpentry. I'm talking about spiritual, supernatural gifts found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, 1 Peter 4, 10. And some of them, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 on down to 16. You need to discover that gift. You need to align that with yourself with that gift. You need to ask God to give you the wisdom to exercise that gift. You will either build up the body or handicap. Ephesians 4.16 says, if you build it up, it's going to be motivated by love. Love for others, not love for self. But if you do not exercise your gift, then the body is handicapped just as much as your whole body would be handicapped if you had to wear crutches for a month. And I, I, I fear that much of the church is, is a handicapped body because so many individuals don't. The church is a, a perfect picture of a football game. You have a small number of men who need desperate rest. And you have a multitude of people that need desperate exercise. There will be times in the body that you will occupy different levels of ministry. So don't get territorial. <laughs> That's only in the world. Sometimes your promotion is downward. Can you handle that? We live in an upside-down kingdom, which Jesus has made right side up. You may manifest your gifts one way one time and differently another, depending on what God is doing. You may lead worship in the church one time and your gift of exhortation. And then maybe another time you're doing it to evangelize out in the street in a park. One, you're building the body up in worship. The other one, you're using it to evangelize. It's the same gift but it's operated differently. The important thing is that we be faithful to our ministry and our gifts. Listen to what Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 4.2. It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. 
faithful. It is honored only when agape love is the motive, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Much of the service that is given in Jesus Christ is just by name in the church today. And it's really not honored of the Lord. Because we have this mentality of being superficial and not really having an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That you walk with him, that you know him. And then certainly we're told in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14, 40, that everything that we do in the gifts of the Spirit and in ministry is to be done decent and in order. So that people don't think that we are crazy <laughs> and run out of here. Important. So the person of Levius Thaddeus, Judas, was a vital link to the twelve. We will know how he affected and how he influenced the group of twelve when we get to heaven. We know he did. He was one of the twelve. A vital part. If you come to this body, you are not insignificant. Get involved. Very important. I notice lastly here. Thirdly, the proclamation of Jesus to Lavius Thaddeus. For this, we want to turn to the Gospel of John in chapter 14. That's where we find that conversation. The only time we... We have any conversation in relationship to Thaddeus or Labius or Judas, whichever name you want to use. In John 14, in verses 19 through 21, Jesus, first of all, was talking to the disciples about leaving the world. That's the context. Jesus said to them that a little while longer and the world would see him no more, but they would see him. The beginning of verse 19. He was going to be crucified and buried. No other unbeliever would see him after his death. Now, he knew what he was talking about, but remember, they don't. He was going to be raised from the dead, and they would see him at Galilee. But no non-believer would see him. Jesus then said, notice verse 19, Because I live, you will live also. Jesus would defeat death by paying the ransom for sin and remove the sting of death by tasting death for every man. As Matthew 20, 28, 1 Corinthians 15, 55, and Hebrews 2, 9 says, they would be able to live because he would die and be raised from the dead. Jesus would live through them the crucified life, as Romans 6, 6, and 11 says, we have been crucified, and we crucify that old man daily. And Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is through the power of the Spirit of God that he comes upon our life, and he lives through us. He's able to dwell and to lead us. But notice in verse 20, Jesus also said that at that day they would know that he was in the Father and they in him and he in them. Now remember, the Holy Spirit would be sent by the Father as the other comforter, just like Jesus. He told him that in verse 16 of chapter 14. 
John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. They don't have a clue. They're thinking of an earthly kingdom. They're trying to figure all this out. You remember entering your first day of algebra? This is them right now. Jesus then lays down the proof and evidence of being his disciples in verse 21. Listen. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Obedience is honored only when it is motivated by love for Jesus. Love is the purest and most loyal motive, not a duty. Then he says, he who loves me will be loved of my father. You see, love is extended to all the family members. Notice still in verse 21 at the end, he says, and I will love him. And here's the key. And manifest myself to him. To manifest means to reveal oneself, to withhold nothing, being unreserved, revealing trust. Now, notice secondly here, Judas, Levius, Thaddeus, was not understanding the words of Jesus. In verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Let's get serious. <laughs> Judas was thinking of a physical kingdom in physical terms regarding the words of Jesus. He had the Jewish mind. They were headed to Jerusalem. In fact, they are in Jerusalem now. What are you talking about? We're going to see you. They can't see you. We're here. You're going to knock them off. Set up your kingdom. I don't know what you're talking about. Judas was attempting to reconcile this truth and clear up his own confusion. Judas, the courageous of heart, asked Jesus for clarification. Courageous. You ever remember being in college and you were intimidated to ask a question of the professor? Because <laughs> you think everybody think you're stupid. But there was always someone in the class, they don't care. They just, hey, prof. Everybody turns around. This Thaddeus, they don't care. He wants to find out. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? The idea of the disciples seeing him and not others was confusing, having no idea that Jesus was talking about a spiritual manifestation in his absence from this earth during the church age. They didn't understand it. In fact, you know that in Acts chapter 1, after the resurrection, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom? He says, just go away. Go away in Jerusalem. It's not your business what I'm going to do. The head Christ would reveal himself to and through his body, the church, to reach the lost world. That's what he had in mind. Now notice 30, in verses 23 through 24, Jesus was willing to articulate what he meant. Judas, Labius, Thaddeus, asked the question. Jesus answers it. 
Jesus said in verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. The evidence of loving Jesus is obedience to his word. The benefit of loving Jesus is that the Father loves the one loving Jesus. The love of the Father towards us is based on our proximity to Jesus. Our relationship to Jesus is not because of who we are, it's because of who He is. That's important. Now Jesus continues and says, And we will come to Him and make our home with Him. The Godhead is one in perfect unity and harmony. The Godhead is composed of three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in verse 24, He who does not love me does not keep my words. You see, the lack of love is evident by a lack of concern for the pleasing of another. The evidence of self-love is pleasing oneself. It's all about me. No one else. Notice Jesus then says, And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. I mean, we've got very little about Labia Stadius, but man, this section is dynamite. <laughs> I'm glad he asked that question. Jesus is very, very specific what he's talking about, how he will manifest himself and the reasons he will manifest himself. It's because there is a love relationship going on. There is an obedient relationship going on between God and the saved person. The Father has sent Jesus with his words. Thirty-six times John tells us in his gospel that Jesus was sent by the Father. Thirty-six times. In fact, at one point Jesus said, I do always those things that please the Father. What a mind-blowing statement. <laughs> always please the Father. Tradition tells us that Judas Labius Thaddeus had the gift of healing. As he went preaching, he went to Syria, and he healed this king named Adgar, and he was converted. And some apostate nephew became irate and martyred him, usually the symbol of a hammer, a big club, is associated with labius status, indicating that he was bludgeoned to death with such an instrument. In his obedience, out of his love, he laid his life down for the gospel and his master, as the others apostles. Obedient love. A.W. Tozer said, quote, we are not forced to obey in the Christian life, but we are forced to make a choice at many points in our spiritual maturity. We have that power within us to reject God's instructions. But where else shall we go if we refuse his words? Which way will we turn? If we turn away from the authority of God's word to whose authority 
do we yield? Our mistake is that we generally turn to some other human, a man with breath in his nostrils. I am old-fashioned about God's word and its authority, he says. I am committed to believe that if we ignore it or consider the commandment of holiness an option, we jeopardize our souls and earn for ourselves severe judgment to come. Heavy words. Love and obedience. It is the most perplexing thing to those in the world as it was to Judas Labius Thaddeus that Jesus reveals himself to us through the scriptures and speaks to us though he is in heaven. The world doesn't understand that. The unbeliever thinks such talk is a mere crutch to get through life void of reality. The unbeliever fails to understand that Jesus is not only our crutch, he's our entire dependence. I don't want to depend on myself for anything. The older I get, the more clearly I see this. It is also of the utmost importance that the believer understands spiritual truth. Without attempting to figure out every little detail on every doctrine. Some are very clear, very straightforward. Others, God has saw fit to leave them nebulous without tying the two ends together. It should be understood that even as Judas Labius Thaddeus was given an answer, so will Jesus answer each of us through the scriptures, the questions of life, if we are willing to go to him and wait upon him. I think that's where we fail much. We're not to lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says. If any one of us lacks wisdom, we're to ask of God, who gives to all liberty and without reproach. And it will be given to us, but let us ask in faith, not doubting. For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, James 1, 5 through 8 says. We should never forget that obedience is the secret of blessedness. And love is the secret to obedience, according to the words of Jesus. Listen to him. If you know these things... Blessed are you if you do them. John 13, 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 15. Love and obedience. Blessedness. The proclamation of Jesus to Labius Thaddeus here was of a spiritual nature. And so the 10th apostle, according to Matthew's list, may not have much information about his life, But what is present has served us well. Particular names, Labius, Thaddeus, and Judas all designate the same person, character. The person of Judas, Labius, Thaddeus, is vital in the link of the 12. In 
the proclamation of Jesus to Levius Thaddeus, Judas, was of a spiritual nature. Good things for us to contemplate and let God's Spirit deal with us. Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing vital simple truths from the little there's written about the Apostle Labius Thaddeus. And just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled Labius Thaddeus, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again, the title to ask for is simply Labius Thaddeus, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 